0: A tackle, watch out, Burst of speed! Look at this freshman!
1: Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. Joined today again by co-host here, Stéphane Lako. You can find him on Twitter at Fun Lako. that's L-A-K-O. He is the host of the Rotoviz College Football Podcast as well. And he's a writer with the Rotoviz team and a part of the Devi crew as well that dives into all the college football goodness uh, and ranking. You know, I guess I guess it's up to 100 players these days on the site. So check it out if you're into Devi fantasy football formats. Uh, but yeah, so uh, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, it's dude,
2: today was a crazy day. It's I, good to talk ball uh, I in. Yeah, I I went and got my test done for citizenship. As many of you have heard us randomly refer to my background, uh but today I went in, took the test, did all the things. Uh did not I did not get one question wrong on the civics test, so you nice. know. Nice. I'm a true I'm on my way to becoming <laughs> a true American. Nice. Which is that's, also yeah. it's
1: a, that's a great game that is played on the show New Girl if you guys have seen that before you could Definitely. Have you have you watched that show, Stefan?
2: Yeah, I I watched most of it. I don't remember much of it, though. It was <laughs> a while American.
1: back. Yeah, I don't think I still know how to play True American, but I remember that that was a fun game. Anyway, folks, if you if you're joining us for the first time, uh, College of Canton is kind of a show uh, that really delves into prospects. It's it's a, it's about the journey from the best. For all the best football players and prospects from you know their college football recruiting days all the way to the pro pro football Hall of Fame, and we always kind of look through a fantasy football lens since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some kind of real college football and NFL analysis too uh, from show to show. But uh, we are going to dive into some Hall of Fame trajectories, talk about some of uh, you know some current NFL players and their. A current trajectory and their chances to make the Hall of Fame, and what you know what they still bring to our fantasy football teams now, and when we could be expecting some of them to to see that that age cliff or maybe a decline in production coming here in the near future, and talk through how that kind of plays into their chances to make it into the Hall of Fame. So we'll you know talk about the Hall of Fame, but really really spin it with a fantasy football impact and things like that on the show. But before we dive in, real quick, to Saifon, uh, I think we kind of have an, uh, an announcement. Uh, For listeners, right? Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
2: It's, I mean, this is, it's it's fun stuff, man. Take it away.
1: Absolutely. So, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Stefan is going to be a permanent fixture here on the College to Canton podcast. And so, moving forward, uh, here as we get near the end of the summer, we're actually going to go to a two episodes per week format. One kind of long form. Uh, episode that you know the, the typical format that you are probably used to, and Stefan will typically be heading that up. But I'm going to be doing one kind of more shorter spotlight episode that's going to highlight one or a few key players or or key happenings, uh, so that we can kind of focus on uh, both college, both NFL during the season, uh, and really just give you all more content on the college that can't feed. So we'll cross over. Me and Stefan will be on the show together sometimes, and sometimes it'll just be one or the other. But the best part is that just means more content for you, the listeners. So be looking forward to that. Not going to be this week, not going to be next week. But as we get closer to the college football season, you'll start seeing a couple episodes a week. We've got one kind of longer, one kind of shorter, just to give you guys uh, more college football, more NFL, more football goodness. So I'm I'm super excited. I don't know about you, Stefan, but I'm glad you're here, man.
2: Yeah, dude, it's so awesome. Very excited. Yeah, we were talking earlier this week about how this could look and kind of what our thoughts were to try to, you know, increase the the value for all of our loyal listeners. I just think this is an awesome approach. I think it's going to allow both of us to really um, dive, dive pretty deep into some of the stuff that we really love. And, you know, everyone gets to have a little bit of fun. So yeah. it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited, uh, especially like right now, like hockey just ended. Basketball's closing up pretty soon here. Uh, the Euros, as you know, are, you know. <laughs> almost done and like we're we're going into like oh no it's only baseball (laughs) so uh (laughs) it just means you and i get to dive in a little deeper do a little bit more nerding out write some articles get prepped and uh, man, it's going to be it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it gives me a little bit more space to kind of write a bit more uh, doing uh, planning on doing a couple of different weeklies every single week this year for his in season. So lots of uh, things to crank out in writing and on the podcast side of things. So uh, really just can't wait. Uh, and it's been great. The the reception uh, from you guys, the listeners and just uh, questions you guys have uh been reaching out with and uh just it's it's a great community uh of uh college football and nfl nerds so i appreciate you yeah. guys uh it's, it's been great and the rotoviz team uh you know having us one to expand and doing two episodes now uh, and keeping that on rotoviz radio some but also keeping it on the college Canton feed here as well Uh, just excited to see what comes out of that but let's dive in to the Hall of Fame trajectory talk and and kick things off with some of the quarterbacks get that out of the way uh, and then get into some running backs and wide receivers where I think there's some real uh, debate for some of these guys and and really just some fast starts to some uh, early young careers for running backs and wide receivers that we could really talk about that that could make a difference on your fantasy teams for years to come Uh, but first off with quarterbacks I think we we don't need to talk about Breeze and Brady. Those guys are in, right? Rivers and, yeah. and Rivers and Eli, like that kind of talk is it's a little tired. I don't I don't even really want to talk about. I talked about that a little bit in in April with uh, Stevie Smalls when she came on. Uh, but the, the next three after those big names that kind of are at the very top of like the passing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, all those lists, statistically speaking, you know, you're looking at Big Ben, you're looking at Matt Ryan, you're looking at Matthew Stafford, and then there's like. Pretty much a huge gap there uh, after those names in terms of uh, guys with complete resumes that could make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So if if you had to guess or project, uh, do you think all three or any of those guys, Big Ben, Matty Ice, Matthew Stafford, any of those guys make it to the Hall of Fame one day?
2: So yeah, I think Big Ben will make it in. I think, you know, between the Super Bowls and just his numbers have been really impressive. Uh, I, I think, you know, the dip since Antonio Brown left, I think a lot of people might question that. But if he can come back with a strong year this year, uh, which I know a lot of people are hoping for a big bounce back for him, I think he has the weapons. The offensive line might not be great. But uh, I think I think he'll be in. Um, the other two, I think they still have to lo- – lo- they have a little bit more left to prove. Uh, Matthew Stafford is a really interesting one because uh, we think about him as just this, like, junk ball type guy where, like, all these fourth quarter <laughs> – you know, comeback attempts, and he's just kind of like putting up video game type numbers in games that don't really matter, not really doing anything in the playoffs. But with this new surrounding being uh, with the Rams now, I mean, he has the opportunity. He's going to be surrounded by a very talented, very talented team, both offensively and defensively. Now, the Rams can't really withstand uh, a bunch of injuries injuries they're not deep as we all know because of how they are how they've constructed their roster but if he's able to make a a run in the Super Bowl uh, ideally win it I mean if he wins it if he wins one Super Bowl I think Stafford's probably in Uh, but I think he's gonna have to at least get there um, because right now people I don't think have a lot of stuff I don't think they put a lot of stock into those numbers because they feel really hollow what do you think
1: Yeah, for me, Roethlisberger just on the Super Bowls uh, by itself, by themselves, like that's probably going to be enough for him. Uh, But when you look at uh, Matty Ice, you, you, uh, I think some people kind of forget that he was an MVP, an All Pro quarterback, uh, just a few ago, and made it to a Super Bowl. Now, yes, what happened at the Super Bowl wasn't ideal. I guess (laughs) they they didn't twenty eight to three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get. Being known for uh, being the quarterback in the worst comeback or best comeback, I guess, depending on your point of view.
2: No, it was the worst, man. It
1: it was the worst. It was the absolute worst comeback. I hated watching that game. But being known (laughs) for that game, I think, knocks him. But the thing about him is he's way up there on just about every single leaderboard, even like things like touchdown percentage and a bunch of efficiency metrics. He's like pretty much top 10 any way you slice it. He actually still has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers does. He has way more than Matthew Stafford. And really, it's funny, I forget how long he's been around. He's been around since 2008. So after Big Ben and Tom Brady move on and whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, there's a good chance that Matt Ryan could be the senior long-toothed, uh, quarterback, uh, quarterback in the NFL here very soon, uh, depending on how things. Are, years, with these older guys, uh, but Matt Matt Ryan, uh, he, he has a new coach coming in. He sheds Julio Jones, but he still has Calvin Ridley, and then they bring in the greatest tight end of all time in Kyle Pitts. Right? I think that's we've already decided that he's the goat. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I think I think yes, most of. uh I
2: thought you were gonna say Frank Darby, but you know. Oh my gosh. Who any
1: yeah, how many listeners if if you had to guess, what percentage of our listeners actually know who Frank Darby is? Twelve percent. (laughs) 12%. And that's even for college the canton stuff. (laughs) Arizona State, maybe kind of deep threat kind of guy, uh, who disappeared last year because Arizona State disappeared. But anyway, um, yeah so they have some weapons around the greatest of all time tied in and calvin really a guy that we're going to get into discussions later i think this is very it reminds me very much so of when he watched roddy white you know roddy white was kind of transitioning yeah. out uh but they kept roddy white around for a while even after he was kind of burnt out you know uh, so it, they're basically just passing the torch they were passing the torch to julio in the early uh, 2010s, uh, now they're passing the torch to Calvin Ridley and Matty Ice has a couple more years on his contract where it doesn't make sense for the team to co- cut cut uh, cut him loose. So uh, I think, given where he is, well, now, they
2: just ex- and they just extended him those two years too. So right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I, I, and I'm talking about like it's even if things even if the rails just come off, like he's gotten a good two plus years where it just the team has so much dead money it does not make sense to ever. Depart from it. Like I was looking at the contract structure, he's already up to 55,000 passing yards. That's top 10 all time. By the way, that's Mm. more than John Elway. That's more than Warren Moon. That's more than Fran Tarkin. And I know we're in a different era, but it's still kind of crazy. If he has an even halfway decent season this year, he will pass up Eli Manning. Uh, So if he sticks around for two or three more years, he'll pass up Dan Marino. Uh, So it's going to be really hard to keep a guy with an MVP on his record. Out of the Hall of Fame, Matthew Stafford. Thank goodness he's no longer a Lion because there there was no way he's ever going to have anything on his resume staying with the Lions. Sorry, Lions fans, but that's. I mean, you, you know I'm telling the truth, right? So, all to, all,
2: both of them. <laughs> both of them listening right now are yeah, shaking their both, heads at us. Both
1: Lions fans <laughs> who haven't given up at this point. But anyway, yeah, so I think it's probably going to be two of them. Two of the three, Matty Ice and Big Ben. And if, like you said, Matt Stafford makes the Super Bowl, that, that'll happen. But outside of the old men, uh, looking at some of the younger guys, the, like the dual threats, like some of the guys, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, automatic, like he's already made it. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's made it to another. He's going. Like, he could probably play a few more years and just call it a day. Uh, But interesting guys that, to me, are the dual threats. Like, the guys that are up there in terms of every rushing yard list already. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. They they may make, even though Cam Newton's career is going to be abridged now because of some injuries, most likely. What he was doing at, at his peak, his MVP for performances, like, I think... Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, what we've already seen out of him. With Russell Wilson, uh, probably the best passer uh, of this crew. uh What they've done. And even Kyler Murray in a smaller sample. I think that dual threat ability, having the crazy amount of rushing yards and passing numbers to go along with it, could get all four of those guys in personally one day. I think that, that'd be a tough ask. But if you had to per- put a percentage on it, what percentage chance would you say that when it's all said and done, those four are all in?
2: I don't know because... Cam Newton's the one that I'm not sure about because there's just so much, and I think unfair criticism um, towards Cam Newton. And um, I won't get political. I say that for my for I say that for the <laughs> other part of his podcast uh, and my Twitter feed. But I just feel like Cam Newton. There's so much going against him. I feel like if he can't come back from the injuries, like I know that he just got placed on uh, the PUP list. Um, I just don't know if it's gonna be enough for him to get in, even though, like when he was at his peak, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and he like he took that Panthers team to the Super Bowl and was so close to winning it against the Broncos. Um, but that one play, I think, will tarnish his legacy forever, where he didn't jump on the football and all the criticism he received for that. And I don't think last year being now, he started off so great. Um, but then after getting COVID, he never really was able to come back. He was struggling with injuries. And we all know what the Patriot season looked like. So I think um, if he can't come back and do anything else, I don't know if he's going to get in. So I would say that all four get in. Pretty low. 20%. Pretty, <laughs> I just like to be 20% optimistic. 20% would be high.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be tough. Because it's so early for Kyler and Lamar. But with Lamar already right. having uh, the MVP type level play, Uh, Kyler Murray kind of looking like that uh, a couple seasons, not quite there yet, but he's developing. And really, before he stopped running last year, he was on that uh, trajectory and in the conversation. uh, Just the back back six, seven games, it kind of changed. He didn't look like the same player. Yeah, after he got injured in that Seahawks game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he just wasn't running running anymore. Uh, That really changed things. But if he can maintain that kind of mobility and passing efficiency that we saw from the first half of last year, Uh, He may creep up in MVP conversations here soon and and be on that trajectory. What's crazy about Cam is uh, he's already uh, creeping up into, he's just shy of the top 100 all time in the NFL for rushing yards. Like if he has less than 500 rushing yards ever again, in fact, less than, yeah, it's just over 400 rushing yards. He'll creep into the top 100 all-time uh, in terms of rushing yards not just for quarterbacks obviously for right. any position right. like it's crazy and even yeah. we, we talk about how crazy Michael Vick was as a runner he's only about 700 yards behind him uh so and Question he has for you though: way more uh I, I guess better passing numbers if you want to break it down
2: so I was wondering because like you mentioned that Cam Newton is in the top close to the top 100 there for, for all time rushing yards. And, and I wonder, like, do you think the fact that he's a, this is going to sound crazy, but do you think the fact that he would be going in, like, you know, obviously going in as a quarterback, mm-hmm. that the rushing yards don't kind of count, like the fact that he's way up there doesn't matter as much, um, as it would for a running back, which I know is a crazy thing to say, mm-hmm. but because that's not traditionally what quarterbacks are supposed to do. Traditionally, they don't run, they do throw. Do you think. Um, that those numbers, that rushing yards, are like maybe viewed only at like sixty percent or seventy percent of the worth of a running back's rushing yards. Does that does my question make sense?
1: Uh, it does. I'm not really sure how I'd probably weigh on that, but when he would go in and when he would be a consideration, he would be part of an era that we saw budding, and in, in that, uh, pretty much all successful NFL quarterbacks were running quarterbacks, like Tom right. Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, and that type is no longer going to exist in probably three or four years. Like that's, we're not going to see any quarterbacks like that ever again in the NFL. Um, Ian
2: Book, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he was a fine runner. Yeah, he seriously though,
1: uh, but it, we're just not going to see that anymore. So we might start to value that running uh, for quarterbacks a little bit more. But I just yeah. hope I hope we get one more good year out of Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones oh, me too. is is just about ready to take the the helm there, and we'll probably do so in in just one more season or so. But I want to see one more. Uh, believing in, in cam to stick around and has having, you know, the, one more good rushing season. Uh, and he proved he could do that, even know, last year, but to just one more decent passing season. And the thing is, if although, he does that, okay, what were you going to say?
2: Oh, is it? Although I do have Mac Jones in on my roster in the Scott fishbowl. So maybe not, <laughs> <laughs> but no, from a camp from for cam Newton. I totally agree. I would love to see him be successful this year.
1: Yeah. Seriously though. Cause to, to break into the top 30 all time in passing yards, uh, for any quarterback ever, Cam Newton doesn't even need four thousand yards total. So there's a great chance if he is healthy for most of this year that we're looking at a guy that, that is top thirty in passing yards and second all time at the position in rushing yards, uh, and you know has an MVP. And yes, people are going to think about the the, the failure in, in the Super Bowl, but still we're looking at a player with one of the most unique, ridiculous resumes ever. And you you talk about the rushing, uh, but when you compare him as a passer to Michael Vick, we're going to be talking about a guy who has 12 or 13, 14,000 more passing yards than Michael Vick, even though he wasn't and isn't going to be a Hall of Famer for probably more than one reason. Uh, But but seriously, his resume will probably go down in NFL history as the most unique mix of, uh, I guess, semi-truck of a human being ever. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So it is crazy just to look at him. But Russell Wilson, that seems like the, the the most obvious though, right? Yeah. Out of those four, it's it's him or nobody, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. To me, I don't think he gets in if he retires tomorrow. But, you know, given that he's gonna like he's on these crazy like fitness regimen, like he spends over a million dollars a year like on just keeping himself in shape. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be playing a lot more years. Uh, whether it's in Seattle please be in Seattle or <laughs> elsewhere um, and he's going in like I mean he's yeah. a Super Bowl winner yes he's never gotten a single vote for the MVP we all remember that from last year when that story was going around forever mm-hmm. but the dude is consistently one of the best deep ball passers in the league yeah uh, he he's mobile when he needs to be he's super smart and he has great numbers too so oh, he does uh, I think he I think he really I think he really will I would be shocked. I would put everything, every amount of money I have, I would put on him making the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, he already, he's already just shy of 34,000 passing yards. Just to, He'll easily coast into the top 30 this year yeah. for passing yards. And by the way, he's already top 200 in rushing yards as a quarterback uh, and has less than 1,000 fewer rushing yards than Cam Newton does. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, yeah, it's like, I mean, if, if you look at I I— he he didn't have the crazy ceiling, I guess. Rushing, you know, he didn't have all the touchdowns because he's not always a goal line back like Cam. But he's got some crazy amount of stats that uh, his his resume is just already just a season probably away or two away from okay. Obviously that guy's in. Yeah, but uh, well, uh, yeah, another... you
2: can't do the goal line work when you've got Marshawn Lynch, and then you can actually <laughs> throw the ball with thirteen seconds left, yeah. and Jimmy Butler can pick it off, and you can lose the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> no one's bitter about that.
1: No, uh, it wasn't. It's uh. you, oh, you said Jimmy, but you meant Malcolm Butler.
2: <laughs> Malcolm Butler. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, But ah.
1: any, any other quarterbacks we want, we want, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously he's going to the, <laughs> dude,
2: I would love that. That would just be so perfect. <laughs> yeah. And they could just like have a collage of jerseys from all the teams he played for hanging up on the wall, like kind of stitched together. Oh, it would man. be awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to be what his ninth team this year. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. Beautiful. And, Every and week
2: is revenge week for Fitzpatrick. Yeah,
1: and what's funny about Fitzpatrick is you uh, basically can get him for peanuts probably in trades in most leagues in Dynasty, and he's going late even in redraft, but he's going to get another shot this year, right? Like He's mm-hmm. probably going to be the guy, and he's got a, an interesting young set of pass catchers and, and then yep. an older tight end. He, he doesn't historically go to his tight end. I think his best tie, like team tight end finish is barely inside the top 20, at uh, least really since... I don't know, five or six years ago. Uh, So Logan Thomas might be a tad overvalued. But if you look at, you know, Terry McCoran, Curtis Curtis Samuel, and my my dude and your dude, Diamond Brown, there, uh, that could be a fun little just air out fest. I mean, he loves just chucking it and Diamond Brown being like the best, you know, basically uh, the best deep threat in college football for two years, having the deepest average depth of target in all college football uh for a couple years there pretty much so it's that could be a lot of fun uh and yeah uh, i know he's probably not going in the hall but he it's funny that he actually has he actually has more uh, passing yards than russell wilson <laughs> oh yeah it's awesome <laughs> then like oh, but Andy, you but you uh, forgot washington's
2: of, best receiver and that's agg i i'm still hoping oh, now Antonio I'm Gandy still out hope. oh yeah <laughs> i have so many shares of him from last year I really need him to become a thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's let's see it. Let's see it happen. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously, uh, Aaron Rod- to me, it, I say obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Hall. We didn't even really mention him, but he's already eleventh all the time in passing yards. Oh, you,
2: you kind of mentioned him in in passing with the yeah. old guy. So yeah, I
1: think he's. I think that one's old good. guy, long in the tooth. There's a really short list of guys that are ahead of him in any stats. But yeah, so Aaron Rodgers seems like he's in. But uh, let's move on to running backs because there's a ton of younger running backs that I think we can talk about. Frank Gore, because he's been around for a bajillion years and uh, has like 20,000 yards from scrim- scrimmage. I don't care what you say. He's going in. Listeners, I, you, you can scream at me all you want that, that he's going in. It doesn't matter. He's uh, But he only averaged whatever. Pre- it doesn't matter. He's going in the Hall of Fame. Adrian Peterson, also obviously going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's really no debate. I mean, like, would you have any rebuttal for him not making it?
2: I mean, I think he's a shoe and I I don't see any way around it. I think he has the longevity piece Mm -hmm. going for him. Obviously, he's been around forever. But when he was like (laughs) with Minnesota, he was the best running back in the league. Multiple years. He came back off that crazy injury, put up a huge year and then sustained it. I don't see how you leave him out. Like to me, yeah. if there's a Hall of Fame, he probably deserves to be in it. Oh know? yeah, like, I mean, if you look
1: around, at, like the guys that are in that same like yards from scrimmage range, uh, it's Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Like like everybody right. around him. Like uh, if you look at the top, uh, let's see, top fourteen in terms of all time NFL yards from scrimmage, all of them are in the Hall of Fame that are retired. Uh, And then you have Frank Gore, Larry Fitzgerald, and Adrian Peterson, all of which are obviously going to to the Hall of Fame. Uh, So, and Adrian Peterson is the bottom of that that three list, and he's 11. But before we jump over to some younger guys, LaShawn McCoy has 15,000 yards in scrimmage, and I am an all in. LaShawn McCoy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Are you there, or are you no? Are you against that?
2: So, if if you hadn't uh, shared these beautiful spreadsheets with me beforehand, Just the feeling of LaShawn McCoy would be like, nah, not really, like, no. (laughs) But then when you look at what he's actually done, it's really hard to put up a strong case against it. But to me, like, if you would have asked that without me looking at these numbers, I would have been like, if LaShawn McCoy is getting into the Hall of Fame, any good running back should be getting in. But then you realize, like, he's actually, you know, he's in the top 25 in uh, total career rushing yards, like, that's that's pretty significant. That's not nothing like he he really has put up um, some really impressive seasons and he has a nice body of work for his career as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got in. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if like my boy Fred Taylor, he is left on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just to me, uh, if you look at his yards and scrimmage per game, his rushing yards per game, his rushing yards per season uh, and really his peak production like having a couple years that were just crazy 2,000 yard plus from scrimmage and 20 touchdown season like he his peak was kind of crazy and then he finished with 15,000 you know how many players and like wide receivers and running backs included have 15,000 or more yards from scrimmage in NFL history
2: and less
1: than 30 yep it's 26 ever like That's he's cr- yeah he's right next to Jerome Bettis who has 15,111 wow. Uh, and he's right next to you know guys like Marvin Harrison, different position, but he was in Franco Harris, uh, guys below him. Uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, like O.J. Simpson, Jim Brown, like <laughs> a different era, obviously. But you know, guys that uh, were shoe ins for the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then you look above him, and guys that aren't in, like the, the total list of guys that are above him in terms of yards from scrimmage. Steve Smith is going to be in here soon. Uh, Steven Jackson. Work done, Tiki Barber. Like that's the list. That's the entire yeah. list. That's above him in terms of yards and scrimmage. So that's it. That that are not going to be obviously or already in the Hall of Fame. So he's he's right there on the cusp. It's like man, if he had what like one more good season, it'd be a slam dunk. But um, he's just he's probably right on happen. that edge. <laughs> I know, probably won't because it's not the Hall of Really Good. It's the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I don't know if he's yeah, even in it. Yeah. But anyway, a, a yo- slightly younger guys that are probably going to die off too soon in terms of their efficiency, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, guys that were just killing it. What, just like imagine? I mean, well, just frankly, look at older dynasty rankings or something. Like those guys were ruling uh, oh, well, the I- NFL. Like how many years ago? Were, like were they both just obvious top five guys,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, three years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, seriously,
1: and and. Uh, what's what's nuts is just a couple years ago Le'Veon Bell was still top five all time in terms of yards from scrimmage per game now that dwindled uh when he uh joined the Chiefs especially but uh, just two years ago he was still top five in, in yards from scrimmage per game uh and that's dropped off if you look at the numbers like since 2000 that's dropped way off now I think he's let's see here he was top. he was top five now he's well, he's still just 10th since 2000, uh, I believe 11th all time. Uh, so he's still up there. But if he plays for very long, very much longer, if he even gets signed, if he even is playing in the NFL, uh, it's probably going to drop off even quicker. But a guy that he's way up there, like on every single list, like for like all time in rushing yards, he actually is still ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. He's uh, 76th. All time in rushing out yards, though, so it's like if he had one more good season, he'd be right up there. But uh, yard, like rushing yards per game, he's way up there. Receiving yards per game, he's way, way up there.
2: I was gonna say it's crazy to me that like the dude isn't even thirty yet. No, nope. like he has not even turned thirty, but it does really feel like his career is over. Like it doesn't feel like there's anything that's gonna happen moving forward. Off all, all the off the field stuff when he. Held out, and now just like all the turmoil around like his issues with the Chiefs, and I, I just I just don't even know if he like you said like I don't even know if he is going to be playing next year. And he's someone that like as shocking as it like four or five years ago, if you said Will Le'Veon Bell be in the Hall of Fame, I would have been like absolutely. And now, man, I don't know. I just don't know because there's been so much yeah just so much drop off in, in not only yeah. production but then also in just and he the perception out of, of him.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, that was so dumb. Like, had he just played literally anywhere, uh, he would have, you could just easily tack on another 1,000 yards, if not 1,100, 1,200, or even more. Uh, He's at 9,700 right now, but had he just had one okay season, uh, he'd be at nearly 11,000 yards from scrimmage, and uh, it's certainly in the conversation. But it's just really hard. Like, when I look at the thresholds that you need to get into the Hall of Fame anymore, it's like, if you don't break 12,000, your name doesn't even enter the conversation as a running back or wide receiver. Tight end is different, but like it, it doesn't even enter, enter the conversation. For wide receivers, though, it's probably all the way up to 13,000 now, and we can get to that in a second. But the, the thresholds, especially in this pass happy era and in this offensive era, like if you don't play for a very, very long time at a very, very high level, it's going to be near impossible to get into the Hall right. of Fame.
2: And I think it will be like with, Adding this extra game, I think it'll the the thresholds will change, and people who like, like, like you mentioned Calvin Ridley earlier, like people who have a few seasons with sixteen and a bunch with seventeen, they're going to be judged differently, and it might be even harder for them to get in uh, because of those first few seasons with with less um, less production, just on a like a a cumulative standpoint. But yeah, Le'Veon Bell's a I would bet against it at this point, him getting yeah. in, because I there's, don't think he's done enough.
1: There's no way. like, And Todd Gurley, like, I think maybe even a year ago, maybe or at least two years ago, I was kind of having conversations about how he was already on that track. But the, the shelf life for running backs anymore is just so short. Uh, it's kind of insane right? uh, to, to think about. But guys like that are just maybe a, a tier down in terms of age. I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, he's going to be 27 uh, coming up on that mark here. And uh, where would you think right now, given his kind of ridiculous track of rushing production in the past couple of years, past few years, where would you guess Derrick Henry is all time in terms of career rushing yards?
2: Career rushing yards? Oh, I'm not looking at that page, so I can't even cheat. exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> career rushing yards? I think he would be top 40. But in total career yards, like career total yards, like with receiving yards, I think he would be like way down because he just doesn't catch the ball much. Yeah, it's funny. Like, so he. But is... then again, I forget that he <laughs> split with DeMarco Murray in the beginning with Tennessee. Like you forget about that because he's just yeah. been so dominant these last few years. So now I'm thinking that I, now I'm like really questioning myself.
1: <laughs> so he is 100th all yeah, time there you go. in rushing yards because he had that oh slow gosh. start. Uh, and because yeah. of that slow start, it's going to be really tough. For even a guy like Derrick Henry, who has a 2,000-yard rushing season, because uh, I I live in in Middle Tennessee, and uh, you hear people you know spouting off like Derrick Henry is going to be you know future Hall of Famer Derrick Henry, and because he is not a pass catcher and Nick Chubb, another guy, they're not pass catchers. It's really hard for you to amass very many yards from scrimmage. Like the 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 minimum bars to be considered uh, for the Hall of Fame, uh, it's really really hard because like guys like Derrick Henry guys like Nick Chubb they're not even in the top 250 let alone in the top like 300 in yards from scrimmage career despite being crazy efficient rushers uh, in terms of rushing yards per game for guys with 40 uh, 40 games or more Nick Chubb like another, the other like non-pass catching running back that we all love uh, he is in terms of rushing yards per game he is 18th all time. That's including guys, well, that's including the entire Hall of Fame. He's 18th. Derrick Henry, in terms of rushing yards per game, just rushing yards per game, he's 24th all time. So he's on pace. Both of those guys are on pace to be, if they stay healthy for very long, to be guys that are way up there in, in the uh, rushing yards area. But yards from scrimmage, not so much. So unless they win some jewelry and, and get some uh, Super Bowl trophies or something to pad their stats, uh, it's going to be really hard for any, not just these two guys, but any non really pass catching uh, running backs. Like, uh, 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 do you think any non passing run, like, well, either one of these guys or any other non pass catching running back could ever really make the Hall of Fame ever again?
2: Well, I think I was just wondering that because I think it really comes down to what you believe the Hall of Fame, and more importantly, the people who are. Yeah selecting these guys, what they're looking at. Like I'm thinking about like Megatron making it in, you know, this upcoming year. And uh, like, it's like, well, there was a debate about like, well, he didn't do it for very long. He left too early. And so I wonder if it's like, man, if say Derrick Henry puts together two more 2000 yard seasons rushing, but again, isn't contributing anything. Um, And he doesn't put up the cumulative numbers that we're looking for, but he had a four to five year stretch of absolute dominance then maybe that's enough for them to be like, you know what? He doesn't have you know the the total yards that we were hoping for or that most of these guys have, but he is an outlier in the type of running back he was for the era he was, so he represents what we're looking for in, in a Hall of Famer. So in that way, maybe he, he could... I mean, yeah, I think if he has two more 2,000-yard 2, rushing seasons he's in with one more, maybe... Um, if he if, if the Titans make a, a Super Bowl run, maybe I because that would be most likely off uh, off his legs. Um, so I, I don't know. He's a he's a tough one because it really comes down to like your philosophy of what what does a Hall of Famer embody? Is it the career or is it just like a period of dominance?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing though, the, even with your example, though, like with, with Megatron, he was he's 32nd all time in uh career receiving yards uh but he did he did dominate like crazy he had those ridiculous years uh, where he still somehow caught like single digit touchdowns because lions uh but calvin johnson is second all time in terms of yards receiving yards per game behind only julio jones so like even in that example like he's still on the, the the yards per game mark was elite of the elite of the elite of the elite. And so that's where it would be tough, even from a rushing yard standpoint, yeah. uh, to catch up with some of the guys that are ahead of them. Yeah, like even some of the guys that are just barely younger younger than either of them and do catch passes that are going to be in the same conversation when it's all said and done, when they all retire and they're in the same eligibility groups. Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, and Ezekiel Elliott both average more rushing yards per game than Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry career. Uh, And yes, their, their ceiling might not be necessarily what Derrick Henry's was this past season, uh, but it could be. And uh, what they've been doing uh, as, as a dual threat out of the backfield may prove more impactful. So moving on to really Zeke, the guys that are more productive that are both in the air and on the ground, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Like those are the five that everyone in Dynasty loves to talk about. Uh, and they love to have this year, uh, that people are taking early. I mean, some people are lower on Ezekiel Elliott this year because they're, they're bad at this, but, uh, he's going to (laughs) be, he's going to be right back up there, uh, and dominating again.
2: Yeah.
1: So like when, if they're compared to, if Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, if they don't keep crazy production for at least two or three years and they're compared to those five, it's really tough, right?
2: Yeah, it really does. And it's crazy to think about that, that, those, those, what I think you mentioned like five guys right there. Um, and just how, in this era where so many people are like, hashtag running backs don't matter, um, you've got five dudes that are legitimately going to be knocking on the door of the Hall of Fame um, in an era of, you know, that belief of running backs are kind of, you know, replacement level guys are are almost as good as these elite guys and it's like well maybe not like let's look at these guys production and see that there's actually like a, a huge advantage when you have one of these elite running backs um, oh, yeah. that is able to produce both rushing and receiving like you said and these guys are truly yeah extraordinary what they do and they're putting up just ridiculous numbers uh that it's it's hard to imagine i mean Saquon with the injuries it's been it's been really rough the last 2 years Chris McCaffrey but, too but still
1: on a yeah, per game basis year, yeah
2: crazy right and yeah and they're both still so young that they have they have so they have the potential for so much more football again we saw with Gurley that that, that can come to a, a screeching halt but yeah it's uh it, it's it's pretty amazing that we've got these five guys in here that are all hall of fame worthy uh from a pr- projection standpoint yeah at least what predict- they're doing
1: now because all all five yeah. of them averaging more than five uh more than 100 yards from scrimmage per game. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, averaging almost 120 yards from scrimmage per game. Crazy. Dalvin Cook, 115 yards from scrimmage per game. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey right around 113, 114. Kamara, because he's almost just another receiver than he is a running back, only around 103 per game, and we'll see what happens post-breeze. But all these guys uh, in this era of, of just running backs don't matter, uh, proving to be some of the most productive running backs of all time on a, a per game basis. Yeah. So we'll see if if they all stay healthy. Let's let's hope they do. Those guys. And I wouldn't
2: gonna... bet that they do. No, obviously. and that's the like, problem. Yeah.
1: Like it's probably not going to be all five, but at least two of the five, three of yeah. three of the five are probably going to maintain this kind of level of production that gets them into that conversation. But it's just hard if you look at. Uh, how hard it is to stay healthy for that long at, at the position we see this this age cliff and it keeps on getting younger and younger and younger and how we value running backs in dynasty like we assume any running back that's 26 they're basically dead uh, and if you look at the average, you know, career dip is, has come earlier and early, earlier and earlier. I remember, I mean, you and I played long enough to remember like, oh, yeah, the, the brick 30. wall comes at age 30, right? For yep, running backs. That was
2: always the number.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was always 30. And then somebody and I love actually, Bell.
2: We were just saying it's too old at 29. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: And then people started crunching the numbers and they're like, oh, hmm. They really start tailing off in terms of efficiency at age 27, really 28. And now we're talking about because of the with the salary cap and like the, the, the really the contract structure and everything, man, it's like it, it, one or two years into their second contract, regardless of what age they are like, we need to expect them to no longer be doing this uh, at a high level. Uh, and that shows up like if you look at the the top like rushing like career rushing yards, I, I mentioned top career rushing yards before we move on to wide receiver. Uh, how how. How highly uh Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and all those guys are ranked, like what do you think the benchmark is to break the top two fifty all time in rushing yards like how many yards or just rushing yards? How many do you think it takes to break the top two fifty
2: i'm gonna I have a feeling I'm gonna say way too high of a number um Go for I would it. say like four thousand five hundred,
1: yeah, all you need is th- just over thirty six hundred rushing yards. To be wow. top two so, yeah I was a thousand
2: off <laughs> oh yeah
1: all time because guys That's like crazy yeah because it's just so tough to maintain uh any amount of uh career uh, at the running back position without getting you know seriously injured uh, and this we look at guys that are on this list and near the bottom dalvin cook is already on this list because he's you know top 10 all time in yards from uh rushing yards per game uh but it took him still four years to do it uh, so he's thirty six hundred and sixty one rushing yards. It's really tough, like to maintain that kind of dominance. Like there's only thirty one guys that have ten thousand rushing yards. Like we we assume because we play Madden, <laughs> because right. and because we assume everyone just shows up to work and in today's game and they're gonna get eleven 1, hundred, 1, twelve hundred yards. And that might be true, but even if you get twelve hundred for five years, that's only six thousand rushing yards. And and that would be good for barely inside the top 100. So if you were a really good running back for five years, uh, you would barely be top 100. So it's just, um, it's well, it's easy, if, like, to, it's easy at to like list. get, yeah. But it's easy to like, get in, but like to really be at the very top, it's really tough.
2: Right. Like even a guy like Fred Jackson, who was a solid running back for you know almost a decade, is outside the top 100 with, you know, almost eight, uh, almost 6,000 yards rushing, you know, but it's, it's just, yeah it's, it's pretty crazy to think about like how, how much of a beating these guys bodies take and how difficult it is to sustain a long career. That's both long and productive. It really makes you appreciate guys like Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. And I know it's a running joke that Frank Gore is going to be, you know, that he's going to be out there on crutches and playing uh, <laughs> He's going to have a longer NFL career than his son is and his son hasn't even made it yet uh like but man it's really impressive that you know 15 16 years later he's still able to go out there and and semi-produce yeah <laughs> you know it's insane it really is uh but looking at the just the, the top five we mentioned
1: Zeke uh, I think people have already kind of started to move away from him I honestly like would you and, and would you move off of Dallin cook like just to Regardless of how competitive you were, would you just be like, "Hey, look, I'm going to sell high," in in dynasty because no. like no, because I like, have Dalvin Cook. He's, 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 yeah, thing is, I have
2: him in every league. This like every redraft, <laughs> I get Dalvin Cook because everyone's like taking everyone else, and he's just sitting there. I have Dalvin Cook everywhere, and I'm okay with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and what's funny he is he
2: just he just got an extension, so like, yep. you know, he's going to have at least two more years. And with running backs, like, I'll take an elite running back for two years.
1: Yeah. Same, because that's basically the shelf life, it seems. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but he's seriously, he will be 26 before the season starts. So people are gonna assume he's dead after this season. <laughs> like that's just how it goes. Like oh, he's gonna be 27 next year. So I I've, I found myself. Uh, I'm falling into that trap, but I'm okay, like you said, holding on to that production. If I think he can, he's got the extension, he's going to be the primary back and run first offense for two more years at least. And that's why I'm finding myself with more of guys like Derrick Henry and more of guys like Dobbin Cook because you know what? They're not exactly fit, one size fits all, like the mold of what the normal running back looks like. They're obviously right. top tier elite talents. And yes, we just saw guys like Todd Gurley uh, fall off the, the tracks. But for him, for him, like we already knew, he kind of had uh, bad knees for a while. Like he had multiple yep. ACL surgeries. Uh, even like Melvin Gordon, he was kind of in the conversation. Uh, he's actually almost in the top 100 all the time in rushing yards uh, as well. But he had knee issues. Le'Veon Bell, that weird situation. He he kind of dropped off because he missed a season and was just a, a nutcase drama rapper. Uh, and uh, and so like we've seen these guys drop off, but guys like Dalvin Cook that don't have a bunch of red flags, he kind of had some early career nicks, nixon and, and dings, uh, yep. on him. But uh, Derrick Henry is uh, he's basically a, a, a 200, well, I think he's 200,000 pounds, is that what he is, it, something like that? <laughs> Jeez, uh, and still <laughs> yeah. runs probably a four or five, like they're not normal. So I, I found myself thinking, you know, look. look physics didn't change uh, and the age cliff didn't change so drastically that these guys are just going to expire, you know, right. like, like, right. like we think everyone else does like the difference making elite hall of fame talents that we think these guys could be those guys stick around. And so I yeah, think they we can could, be the
2: outliers because they know there's they, always outliers. Exactly. And there's only going to be one or two, but you've got pretty good. You've got a pretty good track record of, of being able to, to make your, bet call your shot on one or two guys. And Dalvin cook for me is that guy that I think, yeah, I think he's the outlier um, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's not him. And then I'll, I'll have a lot of Dalvin cook shares that I yeah. can't move off of.
1: <laughs> but even Alvin Kamara, he's like a new mold. We don't even know what he's going to be. And because of the influx of talent or the lack thereof uh, in this year's rookie class. And what I think we're going to see in next year's rookie class in 21 and 2020, uh, 2020 yeah, 2022, Uh, It's going to be pretty lousy uh, outside of, you know, maybe Najee Harris. And maybe we like Travis Etienne and maybe Javante Williams. But next year is like one or two guys. So I think we're going to see a few of these guys stick around a little bit longer uh, than we might have projected, given how ageist we are in fantasy football, because we're not going to see a bunch of replacement talent come in until 2023. And and not to get too far ahead, but I'm nerdy enough that I know that 2024 is going to be a shallow class because they have it's a really, really bad group of running backs uh, among the freshmen this year. It's really shallow, and even at the top, there's like one or two guys that are really right. trustworthy. So the three out of the next four classes at running back are going to be pretty trash. Uh, and so looking ahead and knowing that, I think some of these guys, like Ezekiel Elliott, like Dalvin Cook, if, if they stay healthy, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, the GOAT, uh, like, the, like <laughs> we're going to see this, this new generation this renaissance crew of running backs that all could make it uh, into the Hall of Fame conversation here soon. But before we wrap things up with some wide receivers and tight end talk, just a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed
1: pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks.
2: Fantasy leagues in 2021.
1: Alright, so we've talked about running backs and quarterbacks at length already with some, some Hall of Fame trajectories and really with the age cliff with the running backs. I think that's key in trying to take advantage of some value gaps in the coming years, uh, believing in the current NFL running backs to maintain value longer than we think they might. But wide receivers, let's talk about the guys who are automatics with, you know, they're going to the Hall of Fame probably if they stay on this this current trajectory. Uh, wide receivers, Julio Jones, new, you know, new situation with the Titans, uh, but is an obvious shoe in Hall of Famer. If you look at where he ranks in terms of career receiving yards, uh, the dude's already 20th all time. Like, it's ridiculous, right? Like, he's an automatic for you, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: He's number one in receiving yards per game uh, all time. And he's got an almost 10 yard lead per game on literally every wide receiver ever. Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> it's dumb. Like, he's got 95.5 receiving yards per game. Calvin Johnson was
0: 86.1. Like, he's <laughs> second.
1: Yeah. So the dude's in. Like, he could have a, a zilch this year uh, and he would be in. But uh, automatics past that. A couple years ago, uh, Antonio Brown would be. He's still fourth in yards and receiving yards per game uh, ever. But uh, what what do you do with him? Because he had that such of he basically
2: went insane
1: or something. I don't know what happened there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really sad, really, what happened with him. And he's a guy that um, I really struggle with because like, I do know like mental health issues are it's, no joke. I know seriously. Um, and it's sad. Like, cause like it really is, it, but I actually was just reading an article uh, earlier this week about like, apparently he's been doing really great. Like him and Brady have Good. been working together and stuff like that. And it seems like he's really turned the corner. So, I mean, the dude is like, like he's not young, but he still has football left in him. I mean, uh, I think he led the, uh, the Buccaneers in in uh, targets per game in the game, like for the season, because once he was there, he was like Brady's yeah, dude. So pepper. I could see him having a couple more strong years. And to me, I, I would bet Antonio Brown makes it in.
1: Yep. And even though he had that weird pit stop and allegations galore and uh, really just went through a kind of dark time. Um, if he has one or two more seasons where he's even hitting 750 or 800 more yards, let's say he gets yeah. 1500 more yards total career with whatever time he has left that would put him top 20 all the time that would put him uh, right near Julio Jones that would have put him uh, right near like everybody that's in the hall of fame like that would put him right behind guys like Anquan Bolden like Chris Carter like Andre Johnson Reggie Wayne Marvin Harrison that put him within a thousand yards of that entire list so right yeah uh, if he does much of anything I think he's an automatic despite the in-between if he finishes on a good note, I think that that yeah, that, that could make the difference. Uh, just depending absolutely. on how he finishes. Uh, but beyond that, we're getting to the point where DeAndre Hopkins is in, like he's real close. Don't you think?
2: I think so, and I think too. Like I think there is a difference with wide receivers and the need for them to like have like a lot of playoff wins and Super Bowls Like it's different for them than it is for quarterbacks, you know, like cause they can only like, control what they control. Whereas there's a lot more put on them. So I, I don't think he needs to go out and win it in Arizona for it to make a difference. I think uh, being able to do it in, in Houston and then now um, in Arizona, he's really been able to make that, that, that leap. And like, when you think about who, like who are some of the most dominant wide receivers, not only for production, but also just when you're watching them on Sundays, like, his name comes up because he is just a force constantly, And yeah, I mean, how can you, how, like to me, he's, he's similar to like a, a Megatron where he's going to, uh, he's going to make it in just based on his elite performance on the field week in week out. Um, and I think he does, like he does have the numbers to back it up. He averages, uh, close to 1300 yards a season. And I don't think that's going to change like, <laughs> anytime soon.
1: No, I mean, that's, that's that's ridiculous. When you look at his yards uh, per season, what he's done next to just about anybody in the last twenty years. You know who the guys are that are ahead of him uh, on a per season basis. The entire list: Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, uh, the back end of of Tory Holt's career, uh, and Justin Jefferson. And <laughs> he only has one year, so right, right. That's the list. That's it. Like rece- receiving yards per season, he is basically top dog top five in the last 20 years and we're looking at uh, a list of guys that he's he's way up there in the all-time yards already and he has over 10,000 receiving yards he's already top 50 receiving yards all time not even 30 years old uh, already coming up on guys like Deshaun Jackson uh, only like 16 1700 behind guys like Antonio Brown he's 1600 behind Calvin Johnson uh, he's, he's just he's gonna pass shannon sharp already in the hall of fame uh, he's gonna pass a whole long list of, of guys if, if he stays healthy at all in the next three years like he's he's gonna meet, be right there next to Julio Jones in, in a couple of right. years two or three years so he, to me he's right there on that trajectory and i I don't even I, I'm okay rostering him and just riding him uh until the sunsets he he rides off into the sunset like I had Roddy White. I have a Roddy White jersey because I had Roddy White like every year of his prime, like his six wide receiver one seasons in a row. Like I had Roddy White every single year, and so like I'm okay uh, just riding that until it's it's because he's he's kind of already coming up on the age where it's it's hard to get fair value for him, which is silly. Absolutely, Uh, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's where we are,
2: and we've seen him produce with bad quarterbacks um, and. He doesn't have that problem anymore like yeah, now you right. coupled him with a super young talented a guy that we mentioned in the quarterback section kyler murray and you gotta feel comfortable that he is going to be in a position where he's um uh, you know unless injuries of course but he's going to be in a position where he is able to benefit from really solid quarterback play and you know a coach that i mean who knows how long cliff sits around but a coach that likes to air it out and 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 i almost said my least favorite fantasy football term pepper with targets i hate that <laughs> but it happens with with, yes. with hopkins
1: yes yes it does uh, a few fun older names before we get into some of the younger guys and we kind of round out the show um i this isn't gonna happen but i'd really love it if it did happen uh deshaun jackson what do you think he ranks in career receiving yards all time
2: um, you love him, so I'm guessing it's a lot higher. I would say he's been around for a while, top 15.
1: So he's actually he's 41st in career receiving yards.
2: What? You made me look stupid. No, that's okay, Travis.
1: No, he's he's way up there, and most people I don't think would have even guessed 41st. Like he's actually ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. He's ahead of AJ Green. He's ahead of Ty Hilton, and a bunch of guys who have has been he played? around. played? When did uh, He's start? like He's been around since 2008. And so Okay, yeah. Yeah, but he's got a ridiculous number of 1000 plus, like 1100 plus all-purpose yard seasons cuz he's actually a ridiculous uh punt returner and kick returner. Like career, like he already, he has 12,467 all-purpose yards, which would put him like top 30 in all-purpose yards for his career. So he's got that going for him. If he does anything at all, he's going to be in the top 40 in receiving yards. So it's probably not going to happen, but that would be fun just because he's got like the longevity and he had a crazy peak. But that's probably not going to happen. And guys like I would also like to see happen, but I don't think – you can disagree with me if you want. But A.J. Green and T.Y. Hilton, both been around since 2011, 2012, respectively. Both just over 9,300 receiving yards. uh, Have struggled with health as of late. Do you think – there's any chance like they can muster anything at the age that they are like 31. To,
2: uh, and, and no, I think AJ green is done, especially um, in that offense. There's just too many other, like he's going to be splitting targets with Deandre Hopkins. You know, like he's not going to get enough to be relevant. And, and T Y Hilton um, has no. Carson Wentz throwing him the football. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Wentz still might, he didn't lead the
1: league one year in receiving yards. Like he's got something yeah. to put on, on, on the plaque. But- you know,
2: and, and that's nice. I think like you, you said like the hall of good, like, I think yeah. they both, <laughs> they should both be in the hall of very good, like exactly. very good. If there was and, a place um, that, yeah. <laughs> and they it. should be like, their stadiums should hang their jerseys and, you know, put them in there. Like a lot of these stadiums have like the, the ring of fame for, for players yeah. from their teams. Like, do that but I don't think the Hall of Fame is 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 quite where they belong
1: me either but let's get to the next tier down of, of age group that that could if they stick around so Michael Thomas is somehow already 27 years old uh, Mike Evans right there with him uh, Keenan Allen just a little bit older than that uh, all those guys have been uh, kind of peppered with targets uh, Stop it. <laughs> yeah uh, in the past uh, few years uh, Keenan Allen has been, after being labeled injury prone early on in his career, has been the uh, you know one of the most consistent assets and consistent players in the game. He's actually not not going to give it away. Where do you think he ranks?
2: Don't do it to me. Don't do it. To me.
1: How about yards receiving yards per game all the time? Where does Keenan Allen rank?
2: Receiving yards per, per game. game. Yeah. Ugh. Why do you do this to me? Because I love
1: you, Stefan. You know.
2: Yeah. So. So where does he rank in career receiving yards per game? So I think he is, I'm not just going to be like a top whatever. I'm going to give you <laughs> number 13. 14. He's, I'm going to give you 14. Did you cheat? No, He's 16. No, 14 I'm going the wrong way. He's 14th all the time. You
1: just, he, I cannot believe you didn't. You didn't cheat? No. <laughs> not He's on that 14th. one. He's 14th. And, I was way terms, off on
2: Deshaun Jackson, though. Remember that. Yes, you were.
1: But Keenan Allen, seriously, 14th. He's he averages like 74 ish receiving yards per game career. Like it's right next to AJ Green. It's more than Tyreek Hill. It's more than wow. Stefan Diggs. More than even Calvin. Oh, well, I would have guessed that wrong for sure play. with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's he's right there. Tyreek Hill, 72.9, 16th all the time. Uh, but Keenan Allen is right there and he's way up there in terms of the receptions. He's way up there in, in terms of uh, hitting every kind of threshold in receptions. He's way up there too, because he's been peppered with targets. But now not that I know that you don't like that, it's going to be oh really tough for me not to say that. But the Mikes, Michael Thomas and Mike Evans, where do you think they rank in terms of receiving yards per game all time?
2: Lower. <laughs> um Mike Evans, I would say, like, it's hard for me not to just think of those two games last year where he had, like, two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns, you know? So uh, maybe that's clouding my judgment. But I would think they were lower. I would guess, um, like, like with Evans, I would say, like, 32? Seventh. What? (laughs) All time. Mike Evans,
1: seventh in receiving yards per game. And it has to do with it's just this era. It really does. But at the yeah. same time, he's he's a yard and a half behind in terms of per game. DeAndre but Hopkins that speaks
2: that speaks the fact that I was so far off just speaks to like our bias towards like our recency bias. Because oh, like off. he had those way few off. games last year that he wasn't doing much and that's what sticks out. And then it's like, well, then he's probably way lower and you forget or I forget about how like those years where Jameis Winston and him were just yellowing it up. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, Mike Evans is another guy that I've gotten for super cheap in dynasty redraft leagues. Yep. Um, like not re- dynasty startup, sorry. Uh, this, this year, uh, no one wants him.
1: No, nope. And, uh, he's coming up on 28 years old, uh, but he's still not 28, even though he's played seven seasons and he's never had a year with less than a thousand receiving yards. Uh, I don't think that the future is going to be, you know, we might not see another 1500 yard season out of the guy. But if you can get them cheaper because people uh, hate anyone that's over the age of 27 in football these days, uh, same or even 26, even wide receivers, I've seen some ridiculous offers go through here recently. But by the way, Michael Thomas, third all time in terms of receiving yards per game. So the Mikes, Michael and Mike, uh, both top seven all time in terms of receiving yards per game. They both need to do it for quite a a while longer if they want to. Uh, make the top list but mike evans is already top 100 ever in terms of yards and michael thomas is he hasn't been around as long uh, and he missed part of last year but he's got the per game clip going for him he's already uh, just about inside the top 200 so both of them i think could maintain and could go to the hall of fame tyree kill stefan diggs those guys are a little bit further down the list diggs had the you know he's he's what do you think of Diggs now? Because he's like he's with the Bills. Do you think he can maintain his elite level of production?
2: I wouldn't bet on it, but I didn't bet on Diggs last year, and that made me look foolish. But I'm still like I was, and the reason I wasn't buying in on Diggs is because I did not believe in Josh Allen making the jump that he did. I did not foresee no. that I, at I, all. I was and so in wrong. In fact, <laughs> I don't know if I would. I. Don't know if I think he can maintain that. Like, I think Allen regresses this year, and I think that will lead to um, Diggs regressing a little bit as well. So, I don't think Diggs can hold it up, but he is a phenomenal football player. Uh, you and I, we were talking about like some of Matt Harmon's work with like reception perception, and Diggs yeah. is one of those guys who's just like such an awesome route runner. He's fast, he makes the quarterback look better because he can just get wide open, he can track balls. So, so maybe I'll be wrong on the Bills. But I guess the fact that they do love throwing the ball so much now, like maybe helps him. But I don't know. I, I'm still not. I, I love his name. He spelled it wrong, but I do love his name.
1: <laughs> yes, but I think because of the situation, I think he and Tyreek Hill could get to a place where they're there, where they're in, uh, because they're sure. both 27. They're in the prime of their career. And what? Who are the top two quarterbacks in football right now, according to Dynasty Football Drafts?
2: Oh yeah, it's Mahomes and, and Allen.
1: Yeah, they're quarterbacks. So yeah, in great spots to do it. Uh, I'm just not sure how long either of them have. Stefon uh, Stefan LeCo. I almost said Stefon Stefon He's just inside the top 200 <laughs> in career receiving yards uh, and, and uh, ever. Uh, and That's Ty- crazy. Uh huh. And Tyreek Hill is actually not, but the per game numbers are great for him. So they're both. You know, top three, you know, they're both easily top 250-ish in, in receiving yards, but they really have to maintain that. Just, uh, I mentioned this briefly earlier in passing, but the threshold anymore to make it into the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to go down the entire list, but you basically have to get close to 13,000 receiving yards to make it in. Hmm. Uh, Julio Jones is right there. But Stefon Diggs, even though his per game numbers are top 20 all time, he has to maintain that clip for exactly basically everything that he's ever done in his career and just do it again like he's at 6100 right. yards he needs to at least double that <laughs> to yeah. be considered in today's nfl because it no longer means crap for you to average you know a thousand plus yards per season even though nuts. It, it just doesn't mean anything like you could be yeah. like a wide receiver too and uh and average like a thousand yards plus per season especially going to 17 games and if you don't believe yeah. me there are 21 wide receivers that on a per 16 game basis average a thousand plus receiving yards now that doesn't mean they all stay healthy for that that clip but in terms of yards per game measure 21 current active nfl wide receivers would see if they stayed healthy in per 16 games 1000 plus yards per year 21 it's ridiculous it just doesn't mean anything so uh, and because we're going to see so many guys with 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 receiving yards by just hanging out and existing in the pros, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it's it's basically going to mean you have to differentiate yourself and, and you yep. have to hit 12,000, 13,000 receiving yards in this day and age. There's a long list. I mean, like guys like Calvin Ridley, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Moore, those are like the next three in terms of yards with game numbers. And they're all really – well, Calvin Ridley's already a grandpa. But D.K. Metcalf and D.J. Moore are super young. They have some time. Uh, so there, there's, there's going to be a huge generation of guys that we see that have like 5,000 receiving yards by the time they're 25, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's going to mean terrible things for the guys that are just just a little bit older like Devontae Adams. Like where do you think he ranks in terms of receiving yards per game all time?
2: Receiving yards per game? Man, 17 46. What? Yeah. I, I oh, he had that roughs. He had a rough start too. He had a rough start. And so despite yeah. being
1: like the best in the game maybe for two or three years probably here, he's in the top 3. Uh yeah. he's going to be going uphill trying to just get enough raw totals to even be considered like, it's, it's going to be weird, like, the guys that are 26, 27 or above, like, there's going to be no margin for error. They're going to have to be perfect for basically three more seasons in many cases. A bunch of the guys that we consider the best of the best, uh, they're going to have to have prolonged primes if we want to see them anywhere close. Because Devontae Adams is still 175th in career receiving yards. And uh, Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's basically exactly half. Of who now, he does Jones. have a lot of touchdowns. He so, does have a I lot mean, of touchdowns. That'll, way that'll up there. Elevate him. Yes, but uh it's going to be really tough, and it's going to be tougher and tougher every year. Uh And tight ends, uh, it's basically what Gronk.
2: You you forgot about a dude that I think is at least worthy of a mention. Yeah. Um, and a question, and mainly because I'm curious what your thoughts are. But what about Odell Beckham Jr.?
1: Oh, that's tough. Because that's, he's that's really
2: up, tough. like on your sheet, like he's way up there on like um yards per 16 where like he averages like right in between antonio brown and deandre hopkins on like yards per game at Mm -hmm. 83.3 so he's way up there he has a couple of elite seasons but then obviously a couple of really kind of average seasons so i mean obviously from my perspective he still has a lot to do before his name can be considered Mm -hmm. um but the trajectory if you look at his career and maybe he can get back to that level, maybe. Now, the offense he plays in probably isn't gonna be very useful for that with the amount of running they do there. Um, But definitely name, I was curious what your thoughts were on him.
1: On the spreadsheet I shared with you, I forgot to highlight him. But uh, without cheating, where do you think he ranks in receiving yards per game career?
2: Oh, I already cheated. That's why I wanted to throw his name out there. (laughs) So what is it? He's like number four.
1: He's fifth all time behind. Fifth all time. Yes, fourth among active players. It goes Julio, Calvin Johnson, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, and then Odell Beckham Jr. Now, crazy. Now, raw totals, Jarvis Landry has more receiving yards and receptions than Odell Beckham because he's got the health issues. So that's right. the problem. Like, we had hit that crazy rookie year. He had the catch. He has...
2: And even that year, he missed like three or four games to start the season. Oh, yeah.
1: He missed like four with a hammy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So he has a, the ridiculous peak numbers... But he doesn't even have seven thousand receiving yards so unless he's elite level pro- productive for probably three four more years uh he won't make it
2: yeah i agree with you by the way i just saw his name way on the top of the list so i had to throw it out <laughs> uh,
1: but we need to just realize that uh, we're way too ageist when it comes to these guys yes. way it's, it's embarrassing like i've seen some just um well, it's stupid uh, offers come in for guys like Cooper Cup because he's 27. Uh, you know, any basically once a player is 27, even the wide receiver position, like people are just you know, oh well, this is the sell high window or this is the, this is time to move off him. I get questions all the time. Uh, is it time to sell so and so? And they're like 28 years old and now they're dead. But like for wide receivers, the ones that are the outliers, the ones that are good enough to be in this conversation we talked about on the podcast and in, in the hall of fame discussion ever or even on that trajectory those kinds of players see their arcs extend longer like if you dig in, i don't want to dig through the apex year for wide receivers and running backs it's and how it's slightly getting younger and younger every year but it's still for wide receivers the difference making ones they Temp, typically go until the thirty, till they're thirty-one, till the thirty-two, till they're thirty-three, and beyond even in some of these cases. So if, if these guys we believe them to be the elite of the elite in the NFL, uh, I'm not moving off of guys like Mike Evans. I'm not moving off of guys like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not I, I'm not moving off guys certainly in the twenty age twenty seven range, and even even Keenan like Allen. Like Amari
2: Cooper. Yes, yeah, twenty seven years
1: old. Like Amari Cooper, yeah. He's another guy that uh he's been immensely productive. So he, I mean, he he could be in this conversation. He's one of those twenty-one wide receivers that's averaging, right. you know, per sixteen games, easily, easily over one thousand receiving yards. Uh, and so he's,
2: I think he's in that twenty-seven. Yep. Yeah, so range is Brandon Cooks.
1: Well. Uh, he's he's kind of Mr. Boom Bust, but you know, there's a there's a long list of these guys uh, that I'm not really. I'd rather just have the production than try to move them Mm -hmm. for a younger speculative guy like a Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson or any other non-Steelers wide receiver that I didn't bring up just now. (laughs) Um, But any other takeaways on wide receivers before we wrap things up?
2: No, I, I think, I think, um I first, I think it's great that now you call Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs. I think that's wonderful. You did that a few times and I appreciate I it. Well, it's because you're does. Stefan and it messed <laughs> yeah, me it's up. perfect. So I'm just going to be like,
1: hey, St- hey, Stefan Diggs, that's your name yeah. now. That's your that's name. Okay. Um, sticking.
2: No, I, I, I think it's interesting. I think like you said, it is going to be, we were talking again before the show, like these guys whose careers kind of are in between the 16 and 17 games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting what happens with them because while that doesn't feel like a lot, it actually is like it's, you know, 80, 80 more yards, 70 more yards a season that, that adds up over time. And especially with wide receivers having longer shelf lives than running back. Um, I think it'll be really interesting, but yeah, I, I like a lot of the names that we talked about. As you know, like it'd be interesting to see what happens, and then the super young guys, like so many talented, just like athletic freaks, like DK Metcalf, you know, that'll be like <laughs> super AJ young, Brown. way too early to project. Yeah, but man, they could have such fun careers that mm-hmm. um, it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, this with this next
1: generation coming up with uh, seventeen games a year, and in the most pass happy era ever, where it means literally nothing to have a <laughs> thousand receiving yards right. in a season. Tight ends, though, it's basically Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, uh, Jimmy Graham. I know people don't like that name up there, but he had a ridiculous ceiling. Uh, In terms of uh, career receiving yards, he's actually right behind Gronk. Those three, and then people want to put George Kill because of his ridiculously fast start. Would you name any other tight ends that that could be on that trajectory right now currently in the pros?
2: No, I think that's the list. I might be forgetting someone, Um, but I actually do like Jimmy Graham's name up there because not only was he super dominant... With the Saints, we we all know that. But even his year in Seattle, which a lot of people looked at, like his years in Seattle, people looked at as a real disappointment. The dude was a freaking red zone threat. Like, I don't know if people remember just like Russell Wilson throwing like alley oops to him. Like, it was so much fun. Like, he can only catch touchdowns. um, But uh, I think he's just a really elite player and he has a longevity that's given him some really good numbers. Uh, So I'm very comfortable having him on that list. And uh, I mean, Kittle is a guy. Uh, to your point, like from the tight end position, like he is averaging over a thousand yards on the, that 16 game pace, like you said. So uh, another really strong candidate. So, yeah, I definitely think these four guys deserve to be at least names that we're thinking about. And, yeah, Gronk and Kelsey are, are no brainers.
1: Yeah. And I mentioned like that 12, 13,000 threshold that you need for wide receivers. It's really if you look at a historic uh, tight end production, like there are guys that, you know, 6,000, 7,000, maybe 8,000 made it as for tight ends and receiving it just, you know, blocking comes into play way more with tight ends. Uh, but even though Jimmy Graham and Gronk weren't well, Gronk was a way better blocker, I think than, than Graham was, but th- yeah, Graham, both was, over Jimmy Graham 8, was awful. 000. Yeah, it was bad, but they're both over 8,000 receiving yards. Like, yeah, like they're, they're, they both have more receiving yards easily than just about every other meaningful tight end uh, that's even in the discussion. So it's like them and they're actually both still ahead of Travis Kelsey uh but you know Travis Kelsey being basically the best guy for 5 years in a row that's going to get him in yeah. even if he retired today yeah. but uh it's those three and then Kittle and then a whole bunch of nope for me but
2: <laughs> yeah no i i agree i mean there's some of those other old guys that like are fun yeah but they're just not going to make it you know no. like like even Zach Ertz cooks and- of the world
1: <laughs> like uh, even like Zach Ertz is- pretty far up there but like jared cook is you know he's not gonna make it you know and obviously kyle pitts he's gonna make it
2: <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. i mean if if he retires today i think he's in
1: i think he's in for sure based on how fantasy football twitter has uh yeah. kind of crowned him king so yeah but anyway that's yes. probably all the time we have on this college game show but again Uh, Look forward to more episodes of the show coming more frequently here in the near future. Uh, We will have a special show upcoming. I'm going to get some college football refs, uh, friends of mine, to come on the show uh, here in in a few weeks. I already had like 15 or 16. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, 15 or 16 questions submitted uh, for those guys. But if you want to leave a rate and review and and your question for uh, those refs that are coming on, uh, college football refs, once an SEC guy, he's been an SEC ref for 26 years. Uh, so great stories. Tons of if you have qu- like player questions, uh, coach questions, uh, team specific questions. Uh, he was like, yeah, man, have any of them. Like I, he's been a, he's been a ref seriously since the 90s, since before some of you listening were born. He's been an SEC ref. So that should be a fun uh, show for sure and then uh you know it's basically already almost the season so we'll dive right in Stefan, we'll do some more of the long form stuff i'll do some of the spotlight episode stuff and we'll kind of overlap here with each other some but get some good guests on again here shortly uh but Stefan, anything you want to leave any parting words for our listeners
2: no i'm just excited to be part of the uh c2c team here now and it'll be it'll be fun moving forward and uh do check out and start you'll be hearing me talk a lot about some of my bets because we're still running the betting stuff the dfs college college dfs show um as well so it'll be a lot of really good stuff but uh i'm really excited to be part of this and uh it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great so yeah that's that's all i got
1: yeah, well, listeners, leave a rate and review, a question, anything like that. Reach out to us, either of us on Twitter. I'm at FF underscore Travis M. You can find Stéphane at Stéphane Leco. Uh, But until next time, you guys take care, and uh, we'll look forward to many more episodes of the College Again podcast.